Hi, and welcome to the Landscape of Cranes Cleveland podcast, brought to you with the support of Medical Mutual. I'm your host, Dan Paletta. Glad you can join us and glad to be joined today by Cranes Cleveland Executive Editor, Elizabeth McIntyre. Elizabeth recently hosted a panel discussion about the economic outlook for Northeast Ohio for the Press Club of Cleveland. Here to share what she learned that day is Elizabeth. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Dan. It's great to be here. So before we begin, who were were the two main panelists with whom you spoke? So we were fortunate. We had Bill Adams, who's a senior vice president and senior economist for the PNC Financial Services Group, and Dr. Kay Strong, who's a professor of economics at Baldwin-Wallace University. So as you dug into the recent economic data, what did it look like? Good, bad? What did it show? Well, you know, it's interesting. We got two key data points in the past week that show many economists that this economic recovery is going to be choppier than most people were hoping for. So first we got the April jobs report that came out last Friday, and it showed that the U.S. added 266,000 jobs in April. Now, that would have been a good, even great number pre-pandemic, but we're still trekking down the, the steep mountain of job losses that we amassed over the past year or so. We lost 22 million jobs um, by April of last year. And most economists, they expected that April's employment report to show that we added a million jobs. So you can imagine the disappointment when that number was actually one quarter of the million jobs expected. So after that report, a couple days um, after that, um, just a couple days ago, we found out that the U.S. had a record number of job openings at the end of March, 8.1 million. And we've still got roughly 9.8 million people still unemployed. So there's quite a contrast between labor demand and labor supply right now. So during our panel discussion earlier this month, I asked PNC's Bill Adams and Baldwin Wallace's Kay Strong what they thought of the news earlier this month that the US economy grew 1.6% in the first quarter. And they saw good and bad news in that report. Good that the economy is headed in the right direction, but bad in that we still have a long way to go until we get full labor force participation. For Bill Adams, the most important number he looks at, in addition to the economic ones, is the number of people currently vaccinated. Kay Strong agreed and had this to say. Even from the very beginning, the Federal Reserve and the CDC have been on target with the interplay between the two, that the health of the economy is premised on the health of the population. So if we're really expecting to move the numbers forward in terms of um, incomes and jobs and and whatnot, uh, it really is a function of health. So that message really has to become something that becomes an everyday conversation for for the guy on the street, for, for the woman on the street. Because again, whatever happens to them is going to happen for the economy. So the two are inextricably linked together. This is The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. More of our conversation in just a moment. But first, a word from our partner, Medical Mutual. Elizabeth, as we look at some of the secularists that were hit particularly hard during this pandemic, especially seem to be people that were low wage earners, what sectors here in Northeast Ohio and statewide really seem to be affected most by the pandemic? So Team um, Northeast Ohio, um, that's the economic development organization for our region that's affiliated with Jobs Ohio. They recently released its quarterly economic report for our region. And Team Neo found that nearly every sector in Northeast Ohio's economy is projected to grow this year 
and faster than previously expected. And both uh, Bill and Kay said the leisure and hospitality industries and professional and personal service ones were the areas most impacted by the pandemic. Bill Adams also said brick and mortar retailers are likely to be slow to bounce back because so many consumers like me, and I'm sure you, turned to e-commerce in the past year. So there's less demand for that brick and mortar shopping. Um, The one sector, though, here in our region and statewide that wasn't as impacted was manufacturing, as Bill explains here. On on the local angle, one aspect in which this downturn, I mean, many ways this downturn is totally unlike past downturns, but thinking for uh, for Cleveland and for Ohio generally, like this was this was not a manufacturing downturn. The downturn, the manufacturing industry is actually bouncing back quite a bit faster than than uh, other parts of the economy think services in uh, downtown in Manhattan or downtown Chicago, um, the manufacturing industry is going to bounce back faster. Um, and that will be a, um, uh, and so that, that's a, a, a positive for our region's economy. Um, and uh, we're also, this has been a, a downturn where uh, demand for housing and demand for people to shift into less dense uh, areas and, and less dense living environments has kind of pulled people out of the largest cities in the United States and the, the downtowns there. So um, I, I think that the upside possibility for our region in this downturn is that, you know, th- this is not um, this is not going to be, this is not like 2001 where China joined the World Trade Organization and we shed manufacturing jobs by the millions. This is not like 2008, 2009, where we had this collapse in demand for autos and for consumer goods. Um, This is uh, gonna be a a downturn that um, Ohio, uh, our industries can do quite well. It's the risk is that um, we, we could see another wave of retirements and people moving out of state um, because of that, and people do tend to retire more during uh, in, in, around recessions. So I think that as a, a driver of population loss and labor market loss is, um, is a risk right now. And of course, residential real estate remains strong throughout the pandemic, and it's still going strong. And they foresee the tight market for construction materials to continue for the rest of the year. Overall, both economists said we'll see impressive growth numbers throughout this year, but caution that a lot of that is recovery, just us getting back to where we were before COVID. Here's what Kay Strong from Baldwin Wallace had to say about that. Well, there, well we're going to see increases in um, output. We'll see increases in people becoming employed. It's not going to be a balanced recovery. Um, there are going to be people who are still shunted to the side. There are going to be businesses which uh, are going to have difficulty getting any traction at all. Um, so again, the, the economy is a series of moving parts. And so the things that can move the easiest will get the engine started. Um, but it will take time for it to disperse so that it, it can have a positive impact on the community broadly. Elizabeth, there's been a lot of debate about President Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure plan. What did the panelists have to say about that, about the plan and any value it might bring to both the state of Ohio and to the nation? Well, setting aside the conversation about where the funding was coming from, both Uh, Kay and Bill, they thought that the high-level targets of the investments seemed appropriate. You know, the investments in physical infrastructure and broadband access, for example. But what really struck them was the investment in the human capital. Here's Kay's point of view. 
to be perfectly honest, I'm really pleased to see um, the, the increased focus on people. Uh, I think the last time that any major fundings were available uh, and um, dedicated to um, the development of uh, people as talent and as an asset or a resource was um, coming in after World War II. Uh, when a, a lot of funds were made available to, to returning soldiers, the GI Bill, uh, that was a huge impetus um, that pushed the economy forward through the 50s and 60s and 70s. I mean, the, the return on that was just enormous. Um, people, are, um, people are important. I mean, they are the reason that an economy exists. Uh, if there were no people, there'd be no economy. So um, pe people are the, people are the, um, they're, they're the labor, they are the um, consumers, um, and investing in them uh, results in health and well-being for the community at large. I'm just, I'm just a real positive person about investment in people over right now machinery and physical capital. Um, the 50s and 60s, we got all of that, and almost all of the um, stimulus bills or tax rebates always focus on business side of the equation and very little uh, focus on uh, investment in people. I mean, if you invest well in youth, then that means that as they grow, um, they, they will become uh, a major resource. Um, they'll go on to school, they'll become entrepreneurs, um, they'll, be, they'll be able to, to turn the economy in ways that we may never have thought about. Um, so I'm, I'm super favorable about it. Um, it's people that make the economy work. Overall, Elizabeth, how optimistic were the panelists about a strong recovery for not only Northeast Ohio, but nationwide? They were very much so. Uh, Bill said, in fact, that on a scale of one to 10, his optimism for a strong recovery was at eight. We ended our talk this way. I'd say eight out of 10 optimistic. I think it's- Wow, um, that's a great there, number. There's still a lot of ways that things could go wrong, but I think we have a much clearer path to um, an economic recovery, and we still have a ton of tailwinds from fiscal policy, a ton of tailwinds from monetary policy. Um, if, if the management of the recovery screws up this time, the least that we can say is that they will have screwed up in a different way from, uh, from last time. <laughs> I, I look at this period as being um, what you might consider the great reset, okay? So we're going through this process. We've experienced this pandemic and we know what the real numbers are. They're not debatable. We know what the real cause, um, casualties were. We know what the real implications are of this pandemic. And having that not be politicized, okay, says that in this period of time, we can make choices that are different than the choices that we made in the past. We can start engineering socially so that the community at large can be better off. And I, and I think, I think this, is, this is something that can move all of us forward and we can do so collectively as a body and to really be proud about who we are here in Northeast Ohio. Well, it's certainly nice to hear that level of confidence. Let's hope that's what takes place. It's interesting, the whole question that we seem to be debating over and over about this issue of labor and whether people are ready to go back to work and, and whether it's time to cut some of the stimulus that they've been given. Do we have any feeling for what that might happen in the state of Ohio? Some states are starting to cut that additional $300 and not give it out. Do we have any feeling for that? We really haven't gotten a strong indication yet from the governor on that issue. Of course, the legislature seems to uh, be more willing to go there. Um, I think we'll know more, though, in the coming days ahead. 
Well, it's good. It's good to share this information. Elizabeth McIntyre, thanks so much for joining us today. Elizabeth McIntyre is the executive editor of Cranes Cleveland. Make sure to join us next Tuesday. We'll be talking to Greg Harris. He is the president of the Rock Hall. We'll talk about the inductees whose names were announced earlier this week, as well as what the Rock Hall has planned for the summer of 2021. Hopefully fun concerts outside. For our producer, Kobe Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. Glad you could be with us. Look forward to talking to you again. 